Welcome to Foothills Youth Podcast, where we help people follow Jesus. I hope these resources are a blessing to you. We are a student ministry based out of Northwest Calgary, and our hope, our desire, is that we see students become resilient disciples in a post-Christian nation. So may this podcast just be a blessing to you in your journey. All right, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we are back for another week. This is going to be our third week of our Apprentice series. Uh, my name is Nick Kennedy, and I am joined by two special guests this week, Everett Bourne and Aiden Klukas. What's up, guys? Not much. Just Not much. Out. <laughs> the COVID Just hanging out. <laughs> Sweet. Um, hey, you guys are, uh, you know, our series is called Apprentice. You guys are are kind of like that, right? Yeah, I mean, you are our uh, our master. You know, like in Star Wars, you're like the Qui-Gon Jinn and we're the Obi-Wans. I don't know. Ooh, I appreciate that movie. reference a lot. <laughs> of course. I mean, you look like Qui-Gon Jinn, don't you? We just got to grow a ponytail for you. Oh, dude, you should grow a ponytail. That would actually uh, be amazing. I think I, I think I probably won't do that. Um <laughs> Or just have like the oh I guess it doesn't work because you're not the paddle one I was gonna say you just have the braid like the the paddle right. one braid but yeah, yeah, yeah. you're the master so I guess that doesn't work yeah. yeah I guess that doesn't work yeah how long do you think it took them to grow that braid probably a while it makes you wonder though with like some of those shows like <laughs> just like growing out their hair for that long for a certain scene mm-hmm. like in would, like would in they the... they would have just like pinned those on wouldn't they I would think so I don't know yeah I would assume so. I mean, those braids were were fairly long. If you look at Obi Wan's in Phantom Menace, it was like down well past his ear. That's true. Yeah, that's true. it's true. Oh man. <laughs> hey, we're oh. um, we're gonna <laughs> talk about uh, parables this week. Mm. So, um, yeah, they're uh, you know obviously people always wonder what parallels parallel. Parabola? What's the word again? <laughs> Parables. Parable. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Padawan. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about uh, parables this week. And, you know, there's something that are... Parables are, are rather... Um, how do we say? Cloaked in mystery, if you will. Mm. Um, there are always a lot of questions that go along with, uh, with parables. And... I thought, you know what, we should we should reach out. So we did um, on Instagram. We reached out uh, at the beginning of the week and asked our our followers if they had any questions about parables. And we got a number of responses. Um, some of them were were very well thought out, deep questions. Others um, were also well thought out and deep <laughs> questions, <laughs> but just a little different. So just a little. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna kind of switch gears this week. We're gonna be we're gonna be kind of like an advice show, you know, where you where you call in with your problems, and we say, um, you know, if you just mix a little bit of honey and bleach and hot water, that should get rid of your ant problem, no problem. <laughs> um, that's sure. some free advice for you. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll jump in. Here's uh, here's question number one, and. Um, should we keep the, I'll, I'll keep the questions anonymous. Um, so this question comes to us um, from Anonymous. And Anonymous <laughs> asks, 
if I try to put the camel in backwards, would it fit through the needle, through the eye of the needle? Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's a tough one. It's a toughie. I, you know, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Colin Toffelmeyer or any of those people say ask that question. So they must have a a good creative mind. <laughs> I mean, you would think though that like going in forwards, then you have like the head would be smaller than the other end. So Ooh. you would think that that way it would fit in better like backwards like i just don't know how that would work like i think really I, the the big problem is the hooves hmm. see but if you went backwards wait do camels have tails yeah they have tails right yeah they got yeah, they, a little if tail. You went backwards okay you could like if you went backwards you could at least get a tail in and then you'd like you'd have part of the camel through the eye of the needle whereas if you're going right. forwards like you're not getting anything in yeah it, it, and i mean i think the parable is referring to the entire camel uh, but it does just yes. say fit a camel through the eye of a needle. So if you get part of the tail fluff through the needle, does that count? Oh, I think, I, it, I think it must. I low-key didn't understand the reference, so I literally Googled the eye of a needle, and now I'm like, oh, that thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't. You'd have to have a pretty big needle to fit a camel through that, I think. Oh, that's true. It doesn't specify the size of yeah. the needle. I was going to say, how big is this needle? Because the one I'm looking at is pretty small. Actually, <laughs> uh, there's one I see where the needle is as big as the camel. So I wonder how big the there needle is. There you go. Is. Yeah, you know, there's got to be there's gotta be some sort of um, parameters on on this reference, I think, on, on, mm. on this parable. Um, I would say it's probably referring to a sewing needle size. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I mean, not all needles even have eyes, right? You've got like that's knitting true. needles. Those mm. don't have eyes. Are those called needles? I'm pretty sure they're called knitting needles. I don't know what else you would call them. That's that's true. Uh, you know, yeah. I, just I can't think of another word. Like knitting what? chopsticks? <laughs> Y'all remember the house hippo? Yep. What if we had a house camel and then that could fit through the eye of a needle? That might fit through the eye of a needle. You'd still need a reasonably sized needle though. That's also true. Yeah. Damn. Now, I mean, of course, we're talking a North American house hippo, so <laughs> it depends on are we talking like an uh, uh, African house camel or Ooh. a mm. Southwest Asian house camel? Are we talking like... Which is smaller. Which are, are there different kinds of camels? I mean, it depends what kind of house camel you're talking about. That's true. Oh, apparently there are different types of camels. There are like five that I could see right now. Maybe I'm wrong. It's all the... Does one of them look like it could fit through the eye of a needle? Some of them are chunky. They're... <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to the Discord. Well, this one week's, of them has... this week's episode of MythBusters, we're gonna <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to say this one is. Busted. Uh, busted. Sorry. <laughs> you cannot fit a camel through the eye of a needle. Sad. It uh, is true. It is true. Hey, um, okay, I've got a question for you guys before we move on to our next uh, our next question that was written in. Um, my question to you is, what is a parable? Well, like, my understanding of it, if I get this wrong, I'm going to feel really dumb to all my listeners. 
or whoever's listening. It will be immortalized forever on the internet. (laughs) It'll be forever. Um, As far as I understand it, isn't it like when Jesus was trying to explain something to the followers who were walking around with him? And it was like a parable example, like um, the parable of the yeast is like talking about something and wow, my English is dying. It's when he like tries to explain something, but in like references almost, but like mm-hmm. not yeah. in the direct way. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that that's what I would say too. Like it's like a a story that Jesus tells to like illustrate a point or or teach something, and kind of like the same way. Like like the thing the example that comes to mind is like if you're like talking to like a grandparent and like they're trying to like communicate something, so they like tell you a story and it like. Ooh they're full of all kinds of crazy stories and so they tell you a story and the story at the end it has like a point and it has a, a message and you're supposed to like learn something from it um and so that that's how i would define parables is it was a way for jesus to communicate things to the, the people that he was teaching okay Ooh, nice yeah, yeah it's I like... uh i i think those are pretty accurate uh descriptions a, a parable is just that it's just a story that has a, a bigger point or a story with a deeper meaning. Um, and it's often an illustration or an allegory uh, of, mm. of, a, of a moral point. Uh, there's a moral to the story. Uh, and that, that would make up a parable. Now, here's a question for you. We always hear the parables of Jesus. And, and you can Google the parables of Jesus and you can get many lists of all the different parables Um and there are lots and they're all they're all very interesting reads. But here's my question. Is a parable we use that word and we we always use it almost exclusively when referring to Jesus's teachings. Is a parable specific to Jesus or do you consider it to be more of a writing style? Or rather a communication style? Yeah, I'd definitely say writing style. Um, I think, yeah, it's definitely commonly associated with Jesus. Um, and that's kind of what we think when we think parables. But I mean, there's definitely other stories and other like instances in the Bible where you could kind of classify, classify it as a parable. Um, and like, yeah, just instances where stories are you, I guess, like, there's so many instances in the Bible where stories are used to communicate a point, um, but even stories told by people in the Bible in the same way that Jesus told stories. Um, yeah, I don't think it's it's just something that Jesus did, um, but mm-hmm. definitely something we associate with Jesus more than anyone else. Yeah, I was going to say there's probably like, when you think about it, like there's lots of like moments in the Bible where they're not being necessarily direct, but I think jesus's parables are obviously the most famous of them in the bible because jesus quite obviously is one of the most (laughs) famous people in the bible (laughs) and i think like for me like an example that comes to mind from like like another like parable would be uh like i think it was it was nathan who was telling david was it was it nathan in back in the old testament um and he was trying to like convict david for this sin that he had committed and he, he tells a story and he he tells like a a parable of sorts um yeah that's uh second samuel chapter 12 yeah yeah Yeah, exactly yeah so that's that's almost like a a parable that nathan uses to to make this point to david about the sin that he has committed yeah and and for those who are listening just to give context to that um 
King David or uh, King David and the Rubber Duckies, as some of you know it from, <laughs> from the beloved cartoon VeggieTales. Um, so King David, he, he saw a woman um, from his window. He saw her bathing on the roof. Um, so he said, I want that to be my wife. Um, unfortunately, she was married at the time. And uh, so what he did was he took... Um, he took this woman whose name was Bathsheba. He took uh, her into the castle and, and basically uh, took her as his wife. But he had to eliminate the original husband somehow, Uriah. And so he sent him out to the battlefield uh, and put him on the front lines of the battlefield where he was uh, struck down and killed. And then later, God uh, sent Nathan to David. And, and Nathan said, David, can I, can I tell you a story? And, uh, and David said, sure, why not? Um, and Nathan tells him this story, and the story is about uh, a man who is very well off. He's got lots of things. He has tons and tons and tons of sheep. Um, he's got plenty of cattle, lots of stuff. And there's a man who lives on the property, and he's a poor man. He, he doesn't have much you know, his his family has passed away. His children have died. All he has is this U uh, lamb, a U like E-W-E. I'm not sure actually how you spell U, but it's not the Y-O-U-U. -U. Um, and he has this little baby lamb and he cherishes it. It's like a puppy that he got on Christmas kind of thing. It, this thing is like his absolute prized possession. He loves it like it's his own kid. And... A, a traveler a, a, somebody comes and visits the rich man and so the rich man decides oh well we need to have a, a celebration we need to you know have a feast for for you for visiting me and instead of the rich man taking one of his own sheep or one of his own cattle to um, slaughter and eat that night he goes to the poor man and he takes his sheep his his little lamb and he slaughters it and they eat that and this man is now left with nothing and when david heard that story uh, it says in verse five and six david burned with anger against the man and said to nathan as surely as the lord lived the man who did this must die he must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity but the story had a point and David didn't see the point yet. And so Nathan in verses seven to nine, um, this is what it says. It says, then Nathan said to David, you are that man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's, I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. So see, it was a, it was a parable because... Uh, David was actually this rich man who 
who saw a prized possession of another man and he decided to take it for himself, uh, even though he already had plenty. Um, and so, of course, if Nathan were to come to David and he were to just say, David, listen, um, God's very unhappy with you. You sinned. Um, you know what you did and you should feel terrible. Well, David's probably not going to get the message. He's going to think, well, who are you? Like, why are you accusing me of, of such a thing? Like, uh, get out of my sight. You are, who, who even are you anymore? Uh, instead, Nathan tells a story. He gets an emotional reaction out of David because David finally understands what's going on. He, he understands what he did on a deeper level. It takes him out of the picture uh, so that he can kind of take a step back and get a broader understanding of what had happened and what he had done so that when he was sorry, he could truly be sorry because he understood what he truly did. Mm. Um, but on that note, <laughs> talking of parables, uh, let's jump in. We've got another question uh, given to us by another follower. And they said, quote, what are your favorite parables? Question mark, smiley face. So <laughs> what are your favorite parables? Um, I mean, I think a classic to me is the parable of the lost sheep. Um, I, it's probably a weird translation, but, uh, where is it? Um, wait, I can't find it now. I, I can't find it right now, but I love the one about the lost sheep. Mm -hmm. I think it's Matthew 18 and like Luke something. I don't know. Uh, I also like the, the parable of the mustard seed. Like when it's talking about, mm -hmm. um, where is it? Uh, it is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of the shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in the branches. So like, mm -hmm. again, it's like a reference to like the, <laughs> it's talking about something that was small that became big and flourished. And I think that that was a cool parable to me, but I don't know. Maybe those are yeah. two of the ones I can think of, but. No, was it, yeah, a, I was... was it a Heinz mustard seed? Was it like Dijon? Uh... I just, I'm not sure how those, how those play a, if those play a difference in the parable at all. Yeah, I don't know. And did Maybe they, like, a... like, I guess they would have had, they would have had mustard back then. Did they know of ketchup? Was that even a, mm. was that even a thought in their minds yet? Hmm. Are you guys, for your Maybe. hot dogs, are you a ketchup or are you a mustard person? Or are you a both? Ooh. Oh, ketchup. Ketchup yeah, all the way. Mustard ketchup. is is gross. Well, okay. mustard's not gross. I like it on a hot dog, but you definitely have it to have the ketchup. I'm no, right. mustard is gross. What are your thoughts on Dijon mustard or like honey mustard and stuff like that? Yeah, fancy mustard is good. Normal okay. mustard, not good. Interesting. I, I gotta disagree with you, Everett. I I kind of I kind of dig the mustard. I don't know. For no, me, that's I, wrong. <laughs> Dijon. Sorry. I think we were eating dinner a couple of days ago and they had that on the table and I like sniffed it. I was like, Ugh. so I just stuck to normal mustard. I'm sorry, Everett. Nope. Fancy mustard. Good. 
not yeah. fancy mustard, not good. So what uh, you, Everett, obviously, like you know, we we are Canadians, so um, we're a big fan of uh, the BNL band. Um, mm. Oh, and, uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're at, if I had a million dollars, yeah. You know, they talk about they talk about fancy ketchup. Is there, mm. of mm. course, normal ketchup? Yummy. Like, let's be real. Would fancy ketchup then be the opposite? Would it be like mustard, where normal mustard to you is not so good, but fancy mustard is? Do you think you would have the uh, flipped response to Dijon ketchup? What is that a thing? I don't. Well, I don't even know what makes something Dijon, so I actually don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, is fancy I, ketchup a thing? I heard I, that McDonald's has like more sugar in their ketchup. I don't know if that's true or not, but apparently my sister's telling oh, me. Oh, it's yeah, definitely that, true. Apparently, ketchup at McDonald's is different than like ketchup from like, is it Heinz? I don't even know what it's called. I don't know, but that sounds kind of like um, smack talk on McDonald's. This podcast has been brought to you by Burger King, um, the home of the Whopper. Um, yeah, I, but isn't it a good thing if McDonald's like ketchup is loaded up with sugar? Isn't that like does that make it better? I don't know. I don't... My sister claims that it's better, but I yeah, know. I think it's better. Okay. Hey, Everett, what is your what is your favorite parable? Oh, um, definitely the ones that Aiden said are are great. And I was going to say the, the parable of the lost sheep or the parable mm-hmm. of the lost coin or the prodigal son, all the ones Ooh. in that section there. Um, but I think since Aiden already stole those, um, I'll go with the parable of the talents in Matthew okay. 25. That That is, I don't know, I just I find that one convicting and encouraging all at the same time. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. Just the idea of God has has given us things, um, and we're meant to be responsible with those things. We're meant to do good with those things, um, and then we will be given more. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Just that idea of of doing good with the things that we've been given. So yeah, nice. nice. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think one of my favorite one of my favorite ones is. Um, it's a classic um, in Luke 10. It's the Good Samaritan. And Ooh. I think it's my favorite because I think it's the one that I can learn the most from. Um, especially like, I don't know. I Okay, I was on, when was it? So it was the long weekend. Uh, we just had it, uh, Victoria Day. And so I went to David Richardson Memorial Disc Golf Park. And... Uh, my wife and I went and we played, I think about 12 holes. Um, and then we started to see some people up there and we thought, okay, social distancing, we'll play around the, the other nine now and, and, uh, keep our distance. But yeah, when we were driving there, I saw a car and it had a flat tire and, um, I was like, oh, I could, I could maybe help. And then I thought, nah, no, nah, it's like, they look like they've got it under control, maybe. Um, but as I drove by, I didn't see anybody in the car or like anybody around the car. Um, so like, ultimately, yeah, there wouldn't have really been anything I could do, could have done about it. But I was like, I wonder if that's like, I wonder if that's my opportunity to be the good Samaritan where like I'm mm. driving on the highway 
and I see a car pulled over and it looks like there's maybe a flat tire. It's, it's hard on the highway. Cause you're like, before you can really get a grasp of what the situation is, you're passing the car at like a hundred kilometers an hour and you're right. You know what I mean? And, and I usually use that as like my way out. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, you know, sometimes I wonder like as Christians, are we meant to just like, are we meant to stop every single time? When, when would Jesus stop? When would he continue on? Um, you know, when would he be mm-hmm. the good Samaritan? Um, is there ever a time where he would say, you know, no, I actually have to get somewhere and it's really important that I get there. Um, and, and continue driving past the, the deflated tire. Um, so anyway, that's, that's my favorite parable right now, because that's the one that I'm doing the most thinking through. Um, I'm sure if you ask me in a few months, I'll, I'll have a different parable that right. uh, is my favorite. But right now, that's the one that I've been doing the most thinking on. And so is currently my favorite. Well, and it makes you wonder, like, how, how can you help someone with a deflated tire with the COVID thing, right? Like, Well, know. yeah, exactly. Like, we've got more excuses now than ever to not be the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Uh, but also, is true. it is it being the Good Samaritan by, you know, during during COVID and quarantine, by just being socially distant? Like, you you hear uh, the people in authority who, who uh, you know, deliver us updates all the time, uh, provincially and municipally and federally, and, and they say that the way you can help most is by being socially distant or by staying home. And, uh, and so, yeah, then you got to wonder, like, during this time exclusively, am I being the Good Samaritan by, by staying home or by staying socially distant and not pulling over? Right. I think, I think you're right though. I think it definitely like, it kind of adds to our list of excuses. Cause I think, yeah, like for sure doing our part in this time means staying at home and staying distant, but we should be looking for other ways then to, to serve people. And I think like, I definitely can relate to, to just kind of making an, an excuse not to serve people in this time. Cause it's like, ah, what can I do? We're all stuck at home anyway. Like how could I really serve people? But maybe we should be looking for, for other ways and non-conventional ways to, to serve people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Hey, I've got, uh, I've got a really, a really good question, uh, that was asked by a follower and, and here's what they said. I want to spend some time talking about this. Um, they said, quote, why did he, I'm assuming Jesus, why did he put them in stories and not just teach them? Um, hmm. So the the question was, by the way, if you have any questions about uh, Jesus's, or do you have any questions about Jesus's parables? Um, and that response was, why did he put them in stories and not just teach them? And I think uh, that's a I think that's a really well thought out question because yeah. I don't know about you guys, but that's a question that I have had before in my life as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I, I might be wrong when I say this, but I think I learned it from you where it's like, he kind of said it. Uh, he taught in parables cause of like, at the time there were things that they would understand. Like they talked a lot about like farming, um, 
the agriculture because like that was what how they were living and like it was an easy way for them to either remember or understand because like those were the things they were going through like in the same way <laughs> you could t you could try and teach a kid about god by saying something they understand like fortnite or something stupid like that that's so lame in comparison but like you kind of like try and explain something on their level almost was that kind of right i don't know <laughs> well i think the burning question now in everybody's minds is um when you <laughs> learned that from me did i speak it to you allegorically mm. did i uh, i didn't did i parable <laughs> did i parable you about parables did oh, i pull I a double parable <laughs> that dude oh man is now a double brain. parable considered a parallel parable or a parabola parable no it's like a double negative it cancels out and it's no longer a parable it's just oh, okay. it's just normal now <laughs> it's just a story yeah it just okay. yeah oh. i feel like we just watched inception and i'm like trying to process what we just said <laughs> okay like, well while first... aiden thinks about that uh, <laughs> everett do you have any thoughts on that Everett? Everett, are you still Wait, there? Oh, sorry. Sorry. My <laughs> oh, that's okay. What did you say? No, no. We were just giving the listeners a quick break there so that they could also process what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's important, honestly. When I listen to podcasts, I'm like, I just need to take a break right now and like process this and then come sure. back. Yeah. So now that we can all agree that it's a <laughs> parallel parabola parable, um, Everett, what are your thoughts on on why Jesus spoke in parallels? Parables. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is going to happen uh, oh, all day now. Yeah. I think like, I think it's just kind of part of Jesus's character. Um, like I know I heard someone talking about it once and they're saying like, if you were with Jesus, like we all talk about how great it would be to be with Jesus while he was on earth. And like, don't get me wrong. Like it totally would. But what this guy was saying is he's like, honestly, you would probably just be so frustrated with him all the time because of how like mysterious he was and, and how nothing he said was like super clear. Um, and, and so that relates to the parable thing. Like he always, he, he spoke in parables and, and everything he said, or a lot of the things he said were not like super kind of crystal clear, easy to understand. Like you had to kind of think about everything he, he was saying. Um, and I think that's just kind of, part of who Jesus was and, and part of kind of what he came to do. Like there was just, it wasn't his, uh, it wasn't his goal to come to earth and just like explain like extremely clearly everything about everything. Um, he, instead he, he gives us all these parables to, to make us think and to, to make us process some of these ideas um, and really try and see like what he's trying to teach us and, and, and who God is and who Jesus is through these parables. Um, because like another thing too is like we're we're human, so we couldn't have a, a full, complete understanding of of who God is. Um, and so that that's that's how I like to kind of think of it is just yeah, he was just kind of I don't know, it's just how Jesus how Jesus did it and, and how he came to explain the the things of God to humans was through parables um and through things that we could think about and process as we learn more about who god is um yeah does mm -hmm. that make sense yeah i you know i heard i heard an interesting concept um and for those of you who who want some additional resources on this um check out the bible project youtube page 
Um, mm. We are not sponsored or, or in partnership with them at all, but I think you'll find um, really, really good information there. Um, they've got a video called How to Read the Bible, colon, The Parables of Jesus. And and they discussed something that that I I thought about, but I hadn't I hadn't really ever been able to put into words before. I don't think. Um, and they talk about how Jesus spoke in parables so that his his message was um, almost intentionally concealed, which, mm, which sounds yeah. counterproductive, of course, because we know that his goal was to. Um, you know, save God, the father's creation. Um, that's, that's our goal. Um, ultimately, but his stories, they, and, and I mean, they seem when we read them to be intentionally concealed and often we try to come up with reasons to explain why, no, they're not intentionally concealed. It's just, you know, we don't, we don't understand them or people didn't understand them at the time because they weren't in the right context and it was supposed to be universally understood and, and stuff like this. And, and, you know, all of those have, have their own validity, but Jesus, he was facing criticism everywhere. Like everywhere he went, there were people that were, trying to find a reason to get him in jail and off the streets the the pharisees and the sadducees wanted absolutely nothing to do with jesus uh, of course eventually they got what they thought they wanted which was uh jesus on the cross um, but i'm sure they they would have liked that much earlier than they got it um, over the the few years of jesus ministry though they were always there if you read the book of matthew is is probably uh, the most obvious example of uh, of the Pharisees kind of stalking Jesus and and his disciples, trying to catch them in a in a logical trap or or something of the sort. And so, when Jesus spoke in parables, what it did was it brought the message to those who were willing to hear it, to those who had mm. ears to hear, to those who who God was calling to himself, they heard the message regardless. They would have heard it if Jesus spoke plainly and they would have heard it if Jesus spoke in in a parable or allegorically. Uh, the Pharisees, they, they didn't have ears to hear. And I think that's very obvious from their demeanor that we can read through the Gospels. And like I said, primarily in Matthew, where they really were just looking to trap Jesus in, in his own words. And they were hoping to to get any sort of reason to to put him in jail to to kill him or, or anything like that um and so because they didn't have ears to hear his message was was concealed and they would have heard a dude talking about how to plant seeds better they're like yeah you know that's good advice i guess but you know still why are people following you they they may not have gotten the whole message um, and sure, sometimes I'm sure they, they would have put two and two together, but it allowed him to buy a little bit more time for himself um, is how that's how the Bible Project video put it. And I thought that was a really interesting point um, because it's not something that we often hear. It's not something that we often talk about um, because we think, well, if God wanted more time, why didn't he just m make more time like he's God? 
yeah, he is God, but he was, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And so, you know, there are these things mm. that he may have actually had to do that. He may have actually had to, um, speak, uh, or teach through a parable so that those who were going to hear the message, regardless, those who had ears to hear, those who were being called by God would hear it one way or another. And those who are out to get him, um, wouldn't have any, any, um, evidence against him or, or hard, uh, you know, yeah. Any, any claim against his life or something like that. Um, and that's like pretty much exactly what Jesus says too. when he's like asked about why he uses the parables. Like exactly. He, he, he says basically that like the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but, but not to those on the outside. Um, cause they, they're not understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you know, we can read biblically uh, in Matthew chapter 13. Uh, Jesus answers the disciples in, in verse 10 of Matthew 13. The disciples, it says that the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? And he goes, well, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. And whoever has uh, will be given more and they will have an abundance and whoever does not have uh, even what they have will be taken away from them. Um, and this is why I speak in parables um, through seeing they don't see and through hearing they don't hear or understand. Um, he, he goes on to quote uh, more of a prophecy, but um, the I just want to find there's this one part of what he says in Matthew 13. And I think it's in verse 22 or 23. Um, verse 23, it says, uh, but the seeds, so he's talking about the parable of the sower, which a lot of you have probably heard. It's, he says, you know, there are some seeds that fall on uh, rocky ground and they don't grow roots and so they wither away and there's some that fall into thorns and when they grow they're kind of choked out um ufc style and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's in there somewhere uh, and then there are some seeds that fall on good ground and they grow healthy roots and grow tall and and so he says in verse 23 uh, as he explains his parable he says but the seeds falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it this is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, uh, 60 or 30 times what it was sown or what was sown. Um, so yeah, he's, he's saying like some people hear and understand. And, and those are the ones that, you know, we're trying to reach. We're trying to, we're trying to start the church people and I need people. And, uh, if you've got ears to hear and a mind to know, and you're willing to, to listen, please do. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that was sweet. Yeah. yeah that was sweet. I like that. Okay. You here's um. Oh, did we? Yeah, we already asked. Uh, we already asked that one. Um, we'll go to. Oh, you know what? I got a good question about the mustard seed parable. 
What's the point of the parable of the mustard seed? This follower asks. What is the point? Uh, Aiden, you read it earlier, right? Do you still have that pulled up? Yeah, let me just quickly bring it up. Uh... I'm pretty sure we already like sufficiently discussed the point of this parable with our whole like mustard and ketchup discussion. Like, right? Pretty sure that's what this is referring to. Yes, and, uh... and Dijon Phaneuf and all that. Yeah, of... like yeah. fancy mustard and stuff like that. I think right. that's what Jesus was trying to give us a little teaching on. I think you're right. Uh, mustard seed, mustard seed, where is the mustard seed? Um, <clears throat> he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in the, his field, though it was the smallest of all the seeds. Yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden and um, garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch um, in its branches. So, like, my understanding of it is it's like, Something that was small was used for good and became something like really powerful. And like to me, it's like, of course he's talk. He says at the beginning, the kingdom of heaven is the like, and he's kind of like saying that sometimes the weak will be made strong. I think is how I interpreted it a little bit, but I don't know. I'm sure other people have other interpretations of it too, but that's mm -hmm. how I thought about it. Yeah. Um... yeah. Uh, you know, it's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And, um, it started out small. It started out as, as a dude from, uh, from a mother and father that were looked down upon in society because the, his mom was pregnant and, and only engaged and not married. Um, and that's where the kingdom of God started in the new Testament, which is pretty cool. It started from, from quite a small insignificant event. Um, or what would have been seen as a small, insignificant event. Yeah. Here's a... Oh, Everett, do you have something you want to add to that? Uh, not really. Um, I think it. I think it's... Uh, what I like about this is that it's really kind of cool and encouraging for, for us and knowing that Jesus always had it in his plan to... Like, you know, like come for the people of Israel, but also extend that to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and for those of us that are living in North America, like we get to be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven because it was a mustard seed that that grew and then grew to include us. So I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were, we are Gentiles and we are now welcomed into the kingdom of heaven, which is great. Amen. Um, hey, that parable, it uh, it refers to... This is, this is a question that wasn't asked, um, but is often highly debated. Uh, and it's debated because mm. people want to know the validity of, uh, of the Bible, and they want to know the validity of the words of God. So, continuing then, the parable of the mustard seed. In the story, excuse me, in the story it says that the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. We now know that not to be true, of course. We we know of smaller seeds. Um, how do we reconcile that? We stop caring so much about logic as we understand it. And 
try to interpret the Bible in the way it was meant to be interpreted and read it in the way it was meant to be read. That's, uh, <laughs> that's my answer. Um, mm. yeah, I don't know. I could just, I think that's just part of our kind of Western culture that we like to go in here and try and try and find any sort of like inaccuracy, um, as some would call it. Um, and we try and find anything that doesn't line up with our sort of, you know, like post enlightenment kind of view of logic and history um and so i I just don't think that's the way the bible was meant to be read and i don't think that's the point of this parable um so that's i don't know that's that's my view (laughs) feel free to disagree i don't know if i can (laughs) i I definitely think it's good um like would you mind just repeating the question again nick just so that i (laughs) sure how do you how do you reconcile uh the idea that the Bible says the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. And yet we know now that not to be true, that the mustard seed is actually not um, the smallest seed in the world. Um, well, I think like kind of like what Everett said too, like I think there's things in the Bible that people could try and debunk and say, well, this is true, this is true. And I think even with um, these parables, he took something that was small maybe not regarded today as the smallest thing in the world but like something that was significantly small for the time and something that they knew and said like hey something small became something big and powerful and i think that like as everett said like sometimes i think we we get tempted by the idea of trying to find something that isn't there and i think that that can be a deadly sin of like questioning well not questioning because it's good to have questions about the bible but you don't want to like add more to a story that is not your own. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it's almost like, uh, for lack of a better idea, but like in like the teen drama shows where they like say add more to a story than there actually is, and it becomes like this big problem. I, I think that like sometimes it's good to just like read the Bible for what it is and try and say like, hey God, what are you trying to tell me in this? And like not try and add your own thing to it because sometimes that can be the great temptation of saying, well, so what I mean, I don't know. Allegorically or parably, parable Ike, parable like, (laughs) you would be saying um, essentially not to make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Or, you know, don't make a kingdom out of a mustard seed no i'm kidding that, <laughs> this uh i see what you did there thank you <laughs> that was i uh i was trying to connect that somehow um i'm i'm very proud of myself right now um i'm glad that that worked hey uh this is how i uh this is how i kind of approach that um first i um I just blame it on GMOs. Um, they didn't have GMOs back Amen. then. It's it's all this it's all that science stuff splashing them genes together in the DNAs of the seeds. No, I'm kidding. It's that's <laughs> that's not why. Um, no, here's here's how I really approach it though. I, I look at that and I say, well, number one, you know, Jesus was fully God, which means he knew everything. 
but he was fully man, which means what I think is his fully God side decided um, to be fully man. Like he, he was still, he was still fully God and he was fully man at the same time. Uh, but he decided to know as much as a man would at that time. And, and they would have thought at that time that the mustard seed was the smallest seed. And so for those who were in that context, it made sense. If he referred to a seed that we would find and document in the year, I don't know, 1800 in South America, which I don't know if that's where you find the smallest seed, by the way, I, I have no idea where the <laughs> smallest seed is, but um, wherever that smallest seed ends up being, if he were to refer to that and it was outside of the context in which he was speaking to, outside of the the society that he was speaking to, um, they would have no idea what he is talking about. Um, that would be like if if somebody came over here and started telling me, maybe they came from, I don't know, Australia, and they were telling me about... Um, I don't know. They just started using some crazy word like Australians do sometimes. I would have no idea what they're talking about. It's not in my context. I don't know what a frimfram is. I, maybe they do, but I have no idea what that is. So it, it means nothing to me. If They'd be like, yeah, your faith is like a frimfram, you know? No. What are you talking about? What is a frimfram? And I hope it's good. Uh, that would have been I like... I hope we if, don't have any Australian viewers. They're gonna, I'm so sorry they're gonna be to offended. all of... Yeah, to all of you um, who are listening, I apologize. Um, and I think I think that was Jesus's take on that. He could have scientifically said, "Well, actually, there's this nano seed found on the depths of the roots of a Django berry bush, and your faith is like the seed found in the depths of the roots of the Django berry bush." And everybody there would be like, "Well, what's a?" What's a Django berry bush? Who is this guy? And where is he from? And all of his disciples would have thought the same thing. And they'd be like, we don't know what a Django berry bush is. And then he'd, I don't know, maybe he would conjure one. That would be kind of cool because he's, he's God. He could have mm. just put a con, uh, what, what kind of bush did I say? A banjo, banjo berry? I have no idea. Anyway, I don't know what the smallest seed is. That's <laughs> the main point of what I'm saying here. Um, but he was speaking in his context where the mustard seed was the smallest seed that they would have known of or cared about um, in any way. So that's the way I approach it. Um, yeah. Where I don't think he was going, he, he was going to get a message across to a group of people that he was speaking to. Um, and, and I think he did so quite effectively. Yeah. Cool. Um, hey, I think um, I think that Jesus, we could probably consider him to be one of the greatest storytellers of all time. Mm. I agree. Yeah, and like, I, I, I mean, even not just Jesus being one of the like best storytellers of all time. He spoke to the heart, and he like really spoke to like things that like have value today like sure a mustard seed story could be a little bit like it could be explained a little bit different today because i mean not all of us are farmers but 
I think that like mm -hmm. the meaning to that story has value today of like the the weak can be made strong and like I think that I don't know Jesus just had a good way of explaining to the people that were around him that you know we have value and we have importance and I don't know the Bible is the best book of all time I mean some would argue it's Harry Potter but I don't hear Harry Potter talking about like <laughs> sin and um the weak being made strong and stuff like that. I like, I don't know. The Bible is just such a good place to be reminded of God's love. And I don't know. I, I love the Bible. And I think Jesus not only hit the heart, but he just gave us a, he gave us an opportunity to learn and keep seeking him. I'd say, but, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I mean, like, to be fair, like Jesus, yeah, like best storyteller, but he also had an eternity to come up with these stories. So that's, like, that's true. He kind of you had know the what? unfair like, advantage. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> right. Like, I, yeah. So I don't know. Give me you know an what? eternity, I, I, and I might be able to tell you a pretty it, cool story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not I. Again, I don't think that I'm better than Jesus in any way. No, no, of course not. I do think my stories, however, would be improved if I had more time. Wow. <laughs> hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think the same would go for me. You know, if I had an eternity to come up with stories, it'd probably be pretty good. Imagine how much better they're going to be then when we get to go to heaven. He's had all this time Ooh. to think of better ones. Mm. Or or like, you know what I mean? Or to think of new stories. Oh, my gosh. Well, oh, yeah. Not to be that guy, but then we'll have like our new bodies and we'll have like full access to like how God understood stuff while our earthly brains are just like, ball and earth will be big brain <laughs> big and like he, here's a thought too like with like jesus parables like i feel like when people preach um like like other people that aren't jesus when they preach it, like they're usually talking about stories from their lives or from other people's lives very few preachers are good at like inventing stories to illustrate oh. points um <laughs> and that's like a super hard thing to do but that is like that is what Jesus did. He's not like talking about, hey, like this time when I was seven years old and I like did this. This is what you should learn from this story. It's like, no, like he like invented these stories and, and came up with these stories. And I don't know. I think that is pretty cool. I agree. Yeah. What was the quote where it's like struggle creates character or something like that? Like, like our lives can like create stories i don't know like i don't know i'm pretty sure that was like a hashtag on marcus stroman's uh baseball <laughs> what was what what was that again i can't remember anyway oh uh, yeah yeah okay. i uh I don't know. you know you you look at all of jesus's teachings and never once did he did he go uh now i'm again he i think he was a funny dude so i'm sure he probably told this to his disciples but never once oh, yeah. during like the sermon on the mount do you read him saying, okay, guys, 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 here, I got to tell you something. This happened to me uh, a number of years ago. And, uh, you know, I was just a little kid and my, my parents, they took me to this temple, right? And, uh, and <laughs> anyway, there was these old guys and I thought, ah, oh, I'll school them. And, and, uh, anyway, my parents left without me. And so, you know, you never, it's just a standup routine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, what's the deal with airplane food well i think on that note um i think we've pretty much exhausted everything that we can uh, be helpful with um this has been the foothills youth advice show um 
please give a big round of applause to my two special guests this week, um, the Padawans, the Apprentices, Everett Bourne, and Aiden Klukas. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Gotta, thank you. Gotta play the Seinfeld theme. Where is it? Uh, you need like a, like a clapping track. Yeah, we'll we'll have to edit that in post. Um, yeah, thank you. Perfect. But you can play it off your phone too, because you know why? You know why edit it in professionally using nice Adobe software when we can just play it off a flip phone speaker. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, make sure to tune in next week. Uh, we're going to be going live every weekday morning at 10 o'clock with morning prayer and Bible reading. Uh, and then Wednesday nights, we're live at seven o'clock on YouTube. You can check us out at Foothills Youth. Uh, we will go live seven o'clock every Wednesday, and then we will follow that up with our Zoom life group meetings. Uh, if you don't get the emails with the information on how to log on, please let me know. You can contact me directly uh, my email address is nick at foothillsalliance.com. You can also contact Andrew, who's away this week, uh, because they just had their baby, which is really Yay! exciting news. Woo, woo. Um, so we've got another Berg in the world. Um, and you can email him directly at andrew at foothillsalliance.com. Or you can contact us on our Instagram page, which is at foothills underscore youth. Um, and if you join our YouTube live streams, our YouTube channel is just foothills space youth um, just as you would see it anywhere else and uh, you will be able to find our instagram handles there where you can contact us personally uh, with any more inquiries so make sure you log on join us on wednesdays uh, join us every morning 10 a.m and these podcasts we're going to continue posting them every thursday so that you can follow up with what we learned about on wednesdays all right Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. And I really look forward to uh, speaking to you guys and hanging out with you guys on uh, live stream later this week. See you later.